Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Let's go before our God in prayer. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts on your word from Matthew's gospel, your words from your parable this morning, may our meditation be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, amen. How many of you have heard of the social media app, Be Real? Be Real is a new social media app. Uh, It got really, really popular last year in 2022. Uh, It blew up, and one of the reasons why it got so popular so quickly is because Be Real claimed, of course, to be different than every other social media app. Different because it wasn't going to be fake. It wasn't going to be all curated pictures like so much other content on social media. Here's how they actually achieve this. It's actually pretty fascinating. But what happens on Be Real is this. You sign up, you follow your friends, and then you get a notification one time every day that opens up a two-minute window where you're supposed to take a picture of yourself, and you have to do so within two minutes. And if you don't do so within two minutes, well, then you can't do it. Or you can do it, and your friends will see that you're not being real and you've like, you know, it doesn't give you time to like change the environment, to get all like dressed up and set up for it. Two minutes, that's it. And the, and the time to do that, oh, it's random every single day. It could be 11 a.m. today, could be 5 p.m. tomorrow. You never know. It's all about being real, giving you a chance to not be fake, not be phony, but show your friends authentically who you are. Show your your followers this is really what you do at this time of day. It's interesting. Here's here's one review. I'm going to read it for you about Be Real. Ready? It's spelled B-E-R-E-A-L, all one word, in case you're ready to look it up. But here's what it is. For millions of users, seeing and being seen on Be Real is a comfort. It gives an authentic glimpse of what people you care about are doing and experiencing as they go about their day. The app's simplicity reintroduces what feels like a novel idea, a realistic glimpse into what your friends are doing, seeing, and experiencing. This is Be Real. It became popular. Why? Because nobody likes being fake. That's not a good thing. No one likes frauds. No one likes phonies. And that includes Jesus. That includes Jesus, who is the realest, the realest person that there ever was. Jesus, in our worship series that we're going about here, is telling stories or parables that teaches us about himself. Because after all, stories are how we get to know one another. He tells a story about how real, how genuine, how sincere he is. What's the point for us? I ask you guys to think about what's the context, what's going on here as Jesus tells this parable. Well, for the sake of setting, note this. It's during Holy Week. This is Tuesday of Holy Week. So Jesus just drove in to Jerusalem on a donkey on Sunday. On Monday, he goes to the temple. On Tuesday, he goes to the temple. And often it's called Busy Tuesday because he was teaching all day on Tuesday and flipping some tables as well. Jesus is going about his ministry, telling people about the kingdom of God and about righteousness. And that's when these leaders, these these religious leaders come up to him and say, 
by what authority are you saying and doing these things? They question him. That's the context here. It's people, well, it's people who looked and said and did all the right things on the outside. The religious leaders questioning Jesus. It's, it's the realest person there ever was. And then people who were fake. People who knew what clothes to wear when they went to church. People who knew what things to do to look like they were all about religion. People who were really, really about that religious life, but on the inside, they were fakes. They were phonies. Why? Because they lacked the one thing that Christ desires. They lacked real faith, real trust in Christ, real obedience, real repentance, a real acknowledgement of their need for him. So he tells a story, a story that is short and simple. A father, he planted a vineyard and he had two sons. He goes to the first son and he says, son, I need a hand. Will you please help me out in the vineyard? His response is quick. Nope. He doesn't even offer excuse. He just says, dad, I'm not doing it. Think about that for a second. Think about the massive amounts of disrespect that he was showing. I mean, remember, this is a patriarchal society. At any age, you don't say no to dad. But this guy does. At first. But then he changes. He realizes after his dad's walks away, I was dumb. I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that. And he, he does a 180, he, he changes and he goes about the work that his father asked him to do. And note this, he goes about it humbly. He goes about it quietly and he goes about it freely. Did you see that? The father didn't, didn't threaten him. He didn't do it under force or compulsion. I just went and went about the work that his father asked him to do. And meanwhile, he goes to his second son. Oh, and this guy cracks me up. He goes to his second son and he says, son, need a, need a hand, need a hand out in the vineyard. Will, will you help me? And what does he do? This guy cracks me up. He goes, oh, he has the title. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right away, dad. I'm on it. Oh, oh, you need me to go? No problem. And, and this is kind of geeky, but the Greek word order here is interesting. It's like he knew his brother said no. And he goes like this. This is how it really reads. It goes, as for me, I will go, sir. I will go, my Lord. That's this guy. He's like, yes, dad, I'm on it. Whatever you ask, I'm going to do it. But then, as soon as dad walks away, what does he do? disrespect. That guy, forget dad. He does nothing. He doesn't do anything. He just sits there. The parable is short. It's simple. It's, it's to the point. The guy who at first brazenly disrespected his dad, then humbly goes and obeys. And then the guy who discreetly secretly disrespects him, well, then arrogantly disobeys. And Jesus asked the question. He, he said to those who are listening, those to whom this parable was intended, he said, which of these two did what his father asked? And without scraping a beat, they nailed it. They said it. It's, it's the first son. It's the son who said no, 
but then did it. So what do we do with a story like that? Jesus told this story. It's recorded in his gospel for a reason. What are we supposed to do with a story like that? Let's be real. Let's be real, and specifically, let's be real about four things today. Let's be real about yourself. Let's be real about repentance. Let's be real about righteousness. And let's be real about the sons in this gospel account. First, let's be real about yourself. Which son are you? As you read through this story, as you listen to this parable, which son are you? Here's the, here's the amazing thing about God and his word. Jesus interprets it. Jesus is the one who gets to interpret this story. He follows up his story with this. Did you catch it? He said to the people, he said, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of you for John came to you to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe. So which son are you? Here's son number one. It, it's people who, who are real. People who are real about their sin and their need for a savior. Jesus is interpreting this. Jesus is the one who said, son number one, that's the prostitutes. That's the tax collectors. That's the people who are blatantly, brazenly at times sinful. They do wrong things. But did you catch it? The son changes his mind. Change of mind, that, that's called repentance. It's the prostitutes, it's the tax collectors, it's, it's sinful people who, who do wrong things. That it's just wrong. You say, are you right? You're right. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be sincere. I, I'm a sinner. And then they look and they say, and I need a savior. And that is the people, what does he say? Who are entering the kingdom of God, who are walking down the way of righteousness. They really believe that real righteousness, not your own self-righteousness, but a righteousness that is real, that comes from outside of yourself, comes by believing in the Christ, the son of the living God, who takes away sinner's sins. That's son number one. Catch son number two. Son number two, it's people who are fake. It's Pharisees, it's teachers of the law. It's, it's religious people, people who, who are all about the right things, who know exactly what to say, what to do, what to wear, how to act on the outside. But on the inside, they're not really that bad. I'm, well, at least I'm not that bad compared to that person. It's a self-righteousness. It's a righteousness that comes to you in this way. You create some benchmark, some metric in your mind that says, when I do this, I'm enough. That's righteousness. It's enoughness. I've made it. I'm good. And when I get there, that's when I know that, oh, at least I, I don't sin like that guy. It's a righteousness that says, at least when I do A, B, and C, that way. That way, I can know God approves of me. It's a righteousness that, that doesn't come from outside of yourself, but inside of yourself based on what you do, the right behaviors or, or not doing the wrong behaviors. 
who's son number two? It's people who are practitioners of all the religious things. But practically, the gospel, the message of, of Christ's full and free forgiveness, it doesn't really affect their day-to-day life. Who's son number two? It's people who are all about information, but not transformation. It's people who are all about knowing the right things, being about the right things. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it doesn't really transform the way I live. So which son are you? Let's be real. Let's be real about that. If we are, that leads us to our second one. Let's be real about repentance. The reality is throughout our life, throughout our walk of faith, we're probably both sons. We're probably both of these sons at one time or another, maybe at some season in our life, but, but maybe even at some, some hour throughout our day or some day throughout our week. We're all of these sons. So let's be real about repentance. What does son number one or the plurals, the number one sons, what do they need to repent of? Well, that one's kind of easy. It's kind of straight and to the point. Repent of the bad things, the blatantly obvious wrong things that you do. Turn to Christ and and say sorry. What does son number two need to repent of? That one's a little trickier, but are you ready for it? What do the sons, the second sons need to repent of? Well, here it is. It's all the right things that you do. Say, wait a second, what's, what's wrong with being right? Why do I need to repent of doing right things? That seems wrong. What, what are we talking about with that? It's repenting of right things that we do where we find our salvation apart from Christ. It's repenting of all of the things that we do that make us feel really enough that aren't the enoughness or the righteousness of Christ. The way of righteousness that that John talked about, John the Baptist, and that Jesus was all about, that, that is real righteousness that we're talking about today. It doesn't come from any of the things we do or don't do. It comes from outside of you. It's a gift given by Christ Jesus. So what do we need to repent of? What's the right things that we do? It's the right things of thinking that, yeah, at least, I, at least I go to church, I'm a member at a church, I give to a church, I serve at a church. Well, those are the things that God loves and, and makes me good with him. Repenting of things where we go, huh, at least I don't do that, at least I don't live that way, at least I gave up this and I no longer do that and I took up this. It's repenting of those things. Let's get real about what repentance is, too. Repentance is, is simply this, and you've seen it before, but it is a, it is a 180. It's a, it's a change in step. It's at once feeling sorrow over the sins that we do wrong, feeling genuinely really bad for what we do, but not staying there. 
It's turning and it's sincerely, genuinely believing that Christ is the one who gives forgiveness, who gives the message of righteousness, who gives our enoughness in him. That's repentance. And some number one got that. Some number two just gave that lip service and didn't do the second step, didn't really even think he was going in a wrong direction after all. So let's, let's number three, let's be real about righteousness and where it comes from. Here's where righteousness comes from. It comes from one place alone. It comes from the cross. Christ Jesus giving all that he has to you. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we can become the righteousness of God. It is God freely giving his goods to you. Where does righteousness come from? Righteousness comes from you and I, by faith, stopping doing the things that are wrong, repenting and receiving, repenting and believing that Christ gives it to you. Think of this again. The last verses, Jesus says, truly I tell you, the sinners are entering the kingdom of God for John came to you to show you the way of righteousness and you didn't believe him, but the sinners, they did believe that they were sinners, that they were sorry for what they had done. And then second step, that Christ gave it. Christ gave his full forgiveness to them. I asked before the question, what son are you? Here's the second question that I think is important to wrestle with with this parable. What is the work that God wants you to do. If you're either of the sons and, and the father's coming to you and saying, do the work that I need you to do, what is that work? Well, scripture tells us. Let me read to you three passages, okay? John chapter six, a group of believers came to Jesus and they said in verse 29 and, or 28 and 29, they said, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus' answer the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. What is the work that Jesus requires? It is not to go and earn your righteousness. It does not go do X, Y, and Z, and that way he approves of you. Here's the work. It's to believe. To believe that righteousness comes from outside of you. It comes from Christ. Here's the second passage. Psalm 51, a beautiful penitential or repentance Psalm, King David wrote these words inspired by the Holy Spirit. He said, God, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. We're asking the question, what is the work that God desires? It's believing in him, receiving from him, and it's repentance. And you say, oh, wait, okay, so I got to work my repentance muscles up, and I really got to bring real repentance to them. Well, here's, here's the third passage. Ready? Psalm 2, verse, or Philippians 2, verse 13. Hear this. Ready? It is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Say that again. It is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. How amazing is this, that the work God requires you to do, he works in you to do. The work that God asks you to do, he works in you to do. 
Righteousness, a gift that comes from outside of yourself that is ours when we repent, stop sinning, and, and believe that real righteousness comes as a gift that God gives to you. Here's a really unique temptation for, for people like you and me, and, and let's face it, people who are maybe more easily related to son number two. A real temptation for people to to wrestle with is this, that the further we get from our conversion, the easier it is for us to take credit in how far we've come. The further we get from our conversion, the easier it is for us to take the credit for how far we've come in our walk of faith. It gets really easy for us to stop saying, oh, amazing grace, how awesome is this that God gives me his righteousness? And we start saying, not bad. You do do the right things. And we forget the truth that it is God who works in us to do all the good things that he asks us to do. So fourth and finally, let's get real about the sons in this parable, in in this gospel account. The truth is, neither son number one nor son number two is ideal. I mean, right? Like, son number two for sure is not ideal. He is a liar up front and lazy and arrogant secondly. You know, son number one's a little better. At least he, he confesses and changes his sin, right? But the reality is, neither one's ideal. Neither one is perfect. But there is a third son here. You see that, don't you? You see the third son, don't you? It's the son of God. It's the son of God who came from heaven full of grace and full of truth, and he went to work. Oh, he did the work, and he he was honest up front. He said, Lord, I am going to do it. I'm going to do the work that you require of me to save people from their sins, to cover them with my blood, to give them my righteousness. And then he went to work. He did it. I mean, you see that in Jesus himself. Think about what's going on here. This is the 11th hour. This is Tuesday. This is Tuesday of Holy Week. Thursday, he's going to get arrested. Friday, he's going to get crucified. Saturday, he's going to spend it in the grave. And Sunday, he's going to rise again. And what's he doing in the 11th hour to people who are both son number one and son number two? Saying, ah, give up on you guys. (laughs) You didn't get it by now. You're never going to get it. No, he's going to work. He's getting busy on Tuesday saying, guys, look, look, John Cain, you didn't believe him. I'm going to tell you a story. Hopefully you get it. Stop being like this. Look, the way of righteousness, I'm it, I'm it. You wanna know where this authority comes from? I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I'm here to give you all of those things. He's doing that. You see that in actuality? You see that in his story. How does he convey himself? As the father who is a taskmaster and demanding? No, to both sons, he's patient, he's kind. He's gentle. He's not closing the door. Jesus said at the end, he said, look, look, tax collectors and Pharisees, they're getting in the kingdom ahead of you. But he doesn't say, you're never going to get in. He says, look, righteousness is from me. It comes from outside of you, and it's here. You want to know by what authority I do these things? He says, I'm in. 
Be Real, the social media app, they have a catchy tagline. It's your friends for real. <laughs> you get to see your friends for real, like really. You think about that tagline applied to our greatest friend, Christ Jesus, who was for real in how he not only went about the words and the work that God provided, he did it both. From before he came incarnate of the Virgin Mary, he said, this is, this is what I'm gonna do. This is what you can expect I will do. And then he did it. And that's true throughout your life. He says, this is what you can expect from me. I forgive you all your sins. I give you all my righteousness. And friends, he does it. He gives that to you through his word. He does it every time we gather together, whether it's in church or small groups around his word at our homes. He does it every time we gather around the Lord's Supper. He gives that to you. And now we get to be his friends for real. You think about that. As we think on this occasion, the way day about this church and the way God has blessed this church, praise God that this is a group of people who are real, who are real about their sins. You don't have to be weird in a, in a weird way, like listing them all out, but just honest. We're just honest that, that this, is, this is what this is. It is a group of sinners but we're also real about repentance. We don't just sit and wallow in these sins. We take them to the cross where we receive the righteousness from that third son, the perfect son, the son of God, who's made us his daughters and sons as well. Amen.